0: Should I, I feel, always feel like I should start with a song. Like
1: <laughs> It does feel like, like there's so many podcasts that I listen to where they'll be like, on the day I was born, like they just start singing. <laughs> I feel like it's a weird compulsion of recording. <laughs> I just start singing that um,
0: Emily. The Bowling for Soup song? <laughs>
1: uh, yes. I play that for Medardo um, sometimes. I also play that song, Girl, All the Bad Guys Want. <laughs> (laughs) Because I'll, like, sing it. I'll be like, she's the girl all the bad guys want. And I sing it to my cat, but,
0: like, switch guys to cats. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Like, is it even your pet if you don't make up random songs about them? Seriously. We repurposed that Ed Ed Sheeran song, Beautiful People, to be about Ripley. Beautiful Ripper, (laughs) she is so beautiful. perfect. And also, Ewan had not heard that song. He just thought I made it up. And I was like... I've never heard of it either.
1: Oh, you're lucky. Because I'm...
0: I live under a rock. He's probably just not as overexposed over there as he is here because he's like, Ireland loves Ed Sheeran because he has like an Irish grandmother or something. And he has red hair. Yeah. And he butchers Irish (laughs) songs every time he plays here. You're just like, stop (laughs) singing that in an English accent. This feels like (laughs) colonialism. This is wrong. (laughs) This is wrong Ed Sheeran. You leave the cranberries alone. Oh my God. (laughs) That would be a travesty. That would probably start an international war. Yeah, it would <laughs> split Ireland all over again. Yeah, it's like Ireland. Ed Sheeran has single-handedly ruined the peace process in Northern Ireland. Like it's yeah, <laughs> he's, he's ripped up the Good Friday Agreement because he keeps bloody singing cranberry songs. <laughs> Quit it! Stop it! He must be stopped. And then he's like tried at the Hague or something. I don't know. <laughs>
1: And then the fairies get him. (laughs) Take it away.
0: (laughs) Welcome to Rowan and Pine. Yeah, I'm Emily. And I am Neve. And we're going to talk to you about fairies. Well, I'm going to talk to Emily about fairies and you're going to listen in like a big nosy Parker. This is going to be a general overview episode because I was sending Emily some frantic messages about the fact that I was only starting to look into fairies and realized that it was going to take me literally weeks (laughs) to try and cover yeah. them.
1: Yeah, you can't just do like, I'm going to do fairies. Remember you
0: were going to do fairies and yeah. shapeshifters mm-hmm. or changelings? I was going to do like everything. <laughs> that would have been gigantic. Yeah, like that is uh, definitely bite off more than I can chew. So... What the plan is, is I'm gonna give you guys like a general like fairy crash course, fairy overview, and then we're gonna like mention some of the different kinds of fairies, and we're gonna talk about their attributes and stuff like that, and then there's gonna be a few of them that are gonna be their own episodes, so stuff like changelings and possibly pixies or something like that. We'll get to it. I have lots of notes. I have definitely had to try and like dig in the recesses of my brain to see how I irish is pronounced because when you're not studying it at school anymore you're like i
1: think that's right but i feel like someone will correct (laughs) me if i get that wrong for a second i thought you meant how the word irish is pronounced (laughs) no
0: (laughs) no like irish irish words because you're kind of like some of them i know are from like middle old middle irish it's really not pronounced the same the language rules like my own name like it has like certain language rules like the mh so even i was like looking up pronunciation of some things going is that right and then like I was right all of the time. And I'm like, why am I second guessing this so much? (laughs) Just embrace it. Embrace your Irishness. Yes. Before I get started, I'm just going to list out some of my sources because then it just covers my arse. Um, (laughs) And also, by the way, thanks for like all the love on our werewolf episode. We've got like a lot of positive feedback from people on that. Our friend Mike said it was the best episode yet. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Big shout out. Shout out to Mike. And um, hopefully
1: the episodes just keep getting better.
0: I think so. Well, we're biased, but it's hard to top the wolf strap. (laughs) We'll have some kind of werewolf themed like getaway at some point. That would be a lot of fun, actually. (laughs) We can cram it all into one go. It can be like werewolves and then we'll wear some flower crowns and then maybe we'll dance around a ring. Fairy werewolf (laughs) midsummer. And then we'll end up on some like influencers in the wild shit going like, what are these (laughs) werewolves doing?
1: (laughs) Honestly, though, I would just be like. Oh, hey, it's us. Hashtag at Rowan and Pine podcast. A way to promote us. Right. Come follow is us. That, is that our new strategy? Just get noticed by influencers? In the I wild. was going to say, honestly, it's a pretty good marketing idea.
0: I love that page. It is the best.
1: Yeah, it really is. What about fairies in the wild? Literally. <laughs> I'm trying to be like really good at segues.
0: So my sources for this episode are a website called TandRosemary.com, tvtropes.org, Mythos.fandom.com, uh, wildernessireland.com and they had a blog on Irish folklore mythopedia.com Irish Times website and irishroadtrip.com. There is a book which is like really well structured called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Elves and Fairies which of course that title just spoke to me right away. <laughs> You're like I'm a complete yeah, idiot. Yeah <laughs> I'm a complete idiot. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and it was written by a person called Sirona Knight. So thank you Sirona Knight for giving us a nice jumping off point. So just to start us off, origins of like fairies. So like my understanding of fairies were always like those tiny little creatures you see like flitting about mainly in like yeah. Disney films, like Peter Pan, like Tinkerbell kind of stuff. I was going to say mm-hmm. Tinkerbell. <laughs> I think Tinkerbell's a pretty good representation of like the fairy sort of temperament because she she gets mad. She gets jealous. She's a little bit vengeful. You don't want to piss her off. She's kind of powerful. Yeah. Yeah, so fairies at their core are just nature spirits. They're usually tied to the elements, like you have like land and water and air and all of that kind of stuff. There was also a belief that fairies are spirits of the dead but that actually sprang up around victorian times you know at all of the um victorian like fascination with death that they all had which we definitely need to i think cover in some future episodes like um death photography memorial photography and all of that kind of stuff
1: oh yeah i love the victorian hair jewelry yeah
0: that's really like hair art
1: where they just like take the hair from the dead person and, like, make things out of it, I'm like, you guys are speaking my language. <laughs>
0: it's so morbid, but so cool. Right. All of the knowledge that we have today about fairies isn't really from, like, the written word. It's from the oral storytelling tradition. So that's how, like, myths and legends have been passed down. In Irish, it's called bilogis, from the Irish word for mouth, which is bale. So it's like, yeah, your your oral history. The word fairy stems from the French word fay. Um, And that's also what you hear people referring to fairies about. And the word fae has three separate sort of interpretations. It can mean enchantment. It can mean a place where enchanting or magical beings dwell. Or it can mean the inhabitants of a magical or enchanted place. So that's the fae. It's also a reference to the Greek fates who like... Helped influence the trajectory of events, literally fate. Uh, we can also refer to fairies as little people, bright people, golden people, the golden ones, the wee folk. There's a whole host of different categories of fairies. There are some that repeat in different folklore in different parts of the world. There are some that, like you'll see them crop up, like in Norse folklore or in like uh, Germanic folklore, and then Celtic, um, Irish, British folklore as well. So I just thought I would go through some right. of the different types or categories of fairies and what they do and where they come from. So the first one is as I was texting <laughs> I was texting you during the week and I said I'd fallen down a rabbit hole about brownies and you're like Okay, did you have a craving? <laughs> Recipes or so brownies are little brown men. It's like please like do not think that this is some sort of racist slavery thing, even though like as I am literally about to <laughs> describe, it's, it's it doesn't come off great, okay? They're from <laughs> Scottish folklore. They pop up in English and German folklore, and they're primary function is they help farmers they do outdoor tasks during the night like shoveling hay feeding sheep guarding like cattle they're only about three feet tall they have pointed ears and brown complexions and they only wear brown as well so that's why they're brownies they usually stick with one family for a while and they're generally happy they bring good luck to your household they're like a magnet look and um, they also have a really strong affinity for animals so if you are cruel to your animals that they are linked to you'll incur their wrath that's amazing yeah which i kind of love
1: it kind of reminds me of like the tomta in um sweden but they're more like vengeful they'll like hurt your animals but i think
0: brownies are like the positive little scottish version <laughs> <laughs> don't you do anything bad to your sheep you will incur our wrath if you're mean to that horse one yeah. more time, I swear to God. <laughs> Do it again. I dare you. Three feet tall is actually pretty big for a fairy because probably our like main idea of fairies are what? we would consider pixies, which are only about, yeah, like like Tinkerbell. <laughs>
1: kind of like palm size. Yes. They're only about four yeah. inches tall. The brownies are the XL yeah. fairies. Super XL. <laughs> Triple XL.
0: In my head, I imagine they're just, the brownies are just like little uh, like fat, like rotund guys that just go around like lifting cows and stuff. <laughs> three feet tall and three feet wide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wearing little hats. Pixies are only four inches tall. They live in gardens and woods. They would have the most contact with humans, which is why they would like show up in a lot of our imagery and our media. They are the ones that are a little more like mischievous. They play jokes for fun but they can actually be a little bit harmful. They're known to steal stuff and take stuff from your home. Jerks. I was actually speaking to my best friend during the week and she said that she has definitely had a few instances where she will lose something. She'll check a specific place because she thought it was there and it's not going to be there. And then like, she'll come back a few weeks later and it's there. And she'll be like, definitely was not there the last time. So she's blaming pixies. I feel like that's also called over 30 (laughs) yeah it could be over 30 (laughs)
1: and i also want to say that like i really hope that we don't upset any fairies while we make this episode
0: (laughs) well you've already upset some fairies this week do you want to tell our listeners about your bird not your bird but the bird
1: oh my god (laughs) so this was a couple weeks ago i don't remember exactly when it happened but it was like the recent past. My husband and I had been out running errands and then we came home and it was really funny because he was like upstairs doing stuff in our bedroom and um I like went to go up there and I'm like did you even notice this like in front of the door? This is like piece of a bird wing. It still had like little like it had like flesh attached to it. Like it was gross. Oh no. He was like, Oh, I thought it was like one of the cat's toys or something. And I was like, no, this is like actually part of a bird. Oh. So then we spent like a good hour or two searching the house and I was like frantically cleaning because birds can carry especially like outdoor birds Mm that can carry like nasty parasites and fleas and stuff like that. So of course there were feathers like all over our bed. And like in no. our bedroom, which is my safe space. This is like... <laughs> Not the bed. Yeah, I'm like this is my uh. clean area. But yeah, we were like pulling things out, like furniture and like pulling all the cushions off the couch and stuff, looking for a bird, like a carcass. Yeah. Never found the carcass, <laughs> never found... We didn't find feathers anywhere else, you know, like it- bones or anything, nothing ever showed up like in our animals' poop. <laughs> I was trying to think of a nicer way to say yeah. it. Nothing. We never found any other trace of this bird.
0: That is crazy and also creepy. Right. And no, no
1: idea how it got in the house either.
0: And like, is Wednesday like a? Is she a burrier? Like, do, would she bury something for later? Mm. No. No.
1: I can't see because somebody said that they thought that Wednesday's my dog, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> somebody thought
0: that. So it's some random child. To <laughs>
1: <laughs> a random day of the week. But yeah, somebody's like, oh, your dog probably ate it. And I'm like, I can't see her eating that to be quite honest. She seems pretty
0: timid. <laughs> yeah.
1: She's super timid and very, very picky about her food. Like we had to. Like, nope. <laughs> yeah. We had to. The only way she'll eat her food is if we mix dry food with wet food with warm water. <laughs> And it has to be the right amount of warm water, otherwise, she won't eat it. What an absolute princess. So, I know. So, I don't think that she would eat a bird carcass. No. <laughs> and my cat only weighs six pounds. I don't know how much
0: of that she could put away. No. Wednesday's probably like, do you see what like they're leaving around the place? Like this place is absolutely, I'm I'm offended. You're not taking proper care,
1: <laughs> pretty much. He's <laughs> like, what have you done to the house? Can't live under
0: these conditions.
1: Uh, Neve was saying that I probably upset the fairies. Yeah.
0: So like, yeah, the pixies. The pixies are known to um, steal stuff, take them somewhere else, and hide it so you can't find it. They also had that one song. <laughs> <laughs> Where Sorry. is that? Yeah.
1: Had to throw the dad joke in there. Yeah. Where is my bird to be <laughs> honest?
0: Hey anyway. it's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> but also you have to treat pixies well and give them gifts that they approve of and then they'll respect you too. So I'm thinking that maybe you left something out that they thought was for them and they didn't like it. Um, oh, my goodness. So you're going to have to think back and just reconsider your life choices. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard because I do
1: put out, like, like if we have produce that gets, like, a little bit, not, like, really nasty, but, you know, when it starts getting to, like, a point where you won't eat it anymore. Yeah. I do throw it out for the animals. Mm-hmm. Like, I throw it outside. I'll be like, I don't want to throw this away. I will
0: give it to the animals. (laughs) These squishy carrots, are you serious? Mm. Well, they don't like salt, so if there's something that's too salty that you're throwing out, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't (laughs) salt
1: my veggies before I throw them out, so. (laughs) Uh,
0: The next on my list is the Banshee. I'm not going to go too far into the Banshee because I'm going to do a full episode on the Banshee. And on Death Omens. It might be a joint episode if you have any that you want to do. Um, that would be fun but definitely i would like to do a full one about the banshee but just as a very general overview uh the banshee appears she it's like women at three stages of her life it's like a young woman a mother like a matronly
1: i was gonna say like the maiden mother and crone
0: yes exactly situation usually she is heard before she's seen or she's only heard and in some parts of ireland i was told growing up she only screams for the death oh yeah she's a harbinger of death she only screams for the death of families whose surname begin with mac or o um so they're usually so like
1: you're...
0: the oldest irish family so yeah i'm safe my surname does not begin with <laughs> either of them and neither will my <laughs> married name so
1: you you won't be hearing any banshees in your future
0: yeah all of you guys are out on your own i'm good that actually used to bring me a lot of comfort as a kid. Um, that like oh it's like if I <laughs> if I hear it's not going to be anybody belonging to me <laughs> yeah it won't be me I of course could not go on without covering leprechauns uh, of course leprechauns are small old men dressed in green sometimes red um, so just like you just like me, I'm a small old man. Yeah, dressed in green. I feel like we could uh, we could have done this a lot more if we hadn't done like face reveals on our Instagram, where you can go see what we look like. We could have that a, would be pretty funny. We could have had a whole running joke that I'm just an old man that you talk to once a week about. Folklore.
1: <laughs> You're an actual leprechaun. Your voice is just a little high.
0: Yeah, actually, most leprechauns. anytime that like somebody's doing an impression of them, like. There was like this radio segment, um, in like on our national radio in Ireland, and they had like a leprechaun that would come on and talk, and he yeah. always had like that like really high pitched voice. Oh
1: yeah, there. like I'm I'm definitely thinking about
0: the Lucky Charms e- guy. Yeah, where
1: he's like, Hoo-hoo.
0: yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Although we don't have Lucky Charms, in Ireland, so what the fuck? I know, <laughs> isn't it ridiculous? It's a shame. Yeah. Although we d- we used to have something, we used to have a cereal that had marshmallows in them. So I do know, like, basically what they taste like. But yeah, we don't have them here. It's, uh... Do you, do
1: you not have any cereals with
0: marshmallows? I don't think so anymore. Um, the EU basically fucked the whole uh, cereal market because by telling you it was unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, kind of limiting stuff. It's like this is just this is just sweets that you're pouring milk over. Like, what is this? <laughs> right, that's
1: what. It's so funny because when I was a kid, we ate cereal for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, basically. Mm. Yeah, so did I. I'm and back like, in the nineties, yeah, yeah, it was like, Mom, what are we having for dinner? Cereal, okay. And um, <laughs> it was just like. It's so funny that it's marketed as, like, a meal. Yeah. When, like, if you talk to a doctor or anybody who knows anything about nutrition, they're like, no, do not eat
0: cereal unless yeah. you're eating it, like, as candy. Like, it's it's ridiculous, like, the, the content of it. So the EU banned most of the food colorings. Um, They called them E numbers. So, like, they yeah. they classified them all and they put, like, an E and then a number. So I think they made it that, like, you're... You're supposed to limit the amount of them that you have in your food. But it basically ruined a lot of our childhood favorites. (laughs) (laughs) There's this, there's a soft drink that you can only get in my county. It's called Football Special. Sponsor me Football Special. I'll take all of it. (laughs) Like when I worked in a shop that sold it, we were talking about it. And we were saying that like, it's just not the same since they took all of the e-numbers out of it. Because it used to give you (laughs) like this amazing like red mustache. So like every picture of every family wedding. If you were, grew up in Donegal, all the kids have these big red mustaches because they're all, like, <laughs> downing football special. <laughs> That's hilarious. You usually get it in a pub, like, with a packet of crisps, and that was, like,
1: yeah, you know. Yeah, I just heard that they're, like, that they've basically figured out that Skittles are just, like, poison. <laughs> oh, God. Because we- it's made of, like, nothing real, and then it's got all the, the fake food coloring in it, like the... Yeah, I think... They do it over here, like they call it like yellow five and like red mm. three or whatever it is. Yeah. So,
0: and yeah. you guys have like a Skittle that we don't have. They mix. There's like one of the Skittle colors. I'm gonna have to look this up.
1: <laughs> We're really staying on track here.
0: <laughs> this is this is for for the, the American Skittles. Okay. Yeah, I know what they what they're like. American Skittles are firm <laughs> and crispy. What? That's what they're like here. They're... Oh, apparently they have a thinner shell here. Okay, well, the fruit is a different one because you guys have grape flavor and we have blackcurrant flavor. That's the oh, purple one. Interesting. And also somebody on Reddit has very uh, helpfully put up two pictures um, and all of <laughs> All of the colors in the U.S. Skittles are way more vibrant. Of course they are because they're made with
1: neon chemicals. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like partially radioactive. So. I mean, I know
1: that we have, remember what they're called, but there's like a blue bag of Skittles. The, the normal one is red. Yeah. And then there's like a blue one and there's a purple one. I think have the, the green one, one is like, yes, the sour Skittles. Yeah, we have those. Yeah, there's like different like types or flavors of Skittles. I also, somebody said that like all the Skittles flavors are the same. They're just different colors, so like Trixie or something like that. And I was like, no, those are definitely different flavors. Did
0: you guys have the weird mint ones? Uh, no, oh, they were <laughs> Not awful. That I, recall. I don't think you can get them anymore. But it was like sweet mint. I and it was like F- actually light blue the bag. Yeah. Now
1: that you say that, I'm starting to like think that maybe that was a thing here.
0: Yeah, we have like a, a... didn't last long though. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is too healthy. <laughs> like, why are you trying to get get kids to eat mints? Because, yeah, I don't think you can get them here either. <laughs> the colors are very, very satisfying, weird. though. It was all, like, lovely pastel colors. Oh, so. yeah. I feel like I really do feel like I remember that now. Yeah. yeah. So, back to Taste the Rainbow, um, leprechauns <laughs> leprechauns are always cobblers. So, uh, they usually have a little hammer, uh, and you can hear them coming by the tapping of their hammer, which sounds vaguely menacing. Wait, but, like, what are they tapping their hammer
1: on if they're coming? Are they dragging uh, out on the ground or they what's be. happening? It's like Jason,
0: <laughs> Jason Burhees, like dragging yeah, the fucking yeah. chainsaw. <laughs> Maybe God. that's why they made all those Leprechaun horror movies. The one that Jennifer Aniston is in. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, like there's it, is it Leprechaun Four or something like that? It's like one of the hard, like the really sad sequels for Lep- But it was before Friends, so it wasn't like a career step back for her. It's not like recent. <laughs> Imagine Jennifer Aniston in the Leprechaun (laughs) sequel now. Oh my God. Drinking her protein shake. Oh yeah. Sometimes it's okay not to have a brand. For sure. So Leprechauns are the cobblers of the fairy world um, because fairies love dancing so much they're always wearing out their shoes. The Leprechauns help them by making more shoes and they themselves love dancing and music. And if you want to be more musical you can enlist the help of a Leprechaun if you manage to catch one. Also, another thing, if you manage to catch one, is they have to reveal the hiding place of their gold. Um, It's usually at the end of a rainbow. Everybody knows this. But... Yeah. Most humans who try to get a leprechaun to reveal the place of their gold have been tricked, and they usually end up with even less than they had than they begin with, so the leprechaun will be like, all right, then give me your
1: shoes.
0: (laughs) And then you just have no shoes and no gold.
1: I'm just like, what do they do with the shoes? Because if you're tiny and you get a human's shoes, they're not going to fit you, and they're definitely not going to fit the fairies.
0: Is that maybe where the old woman who lived in a shoe got a shoe? Are there tons of old women living in shoes? (laughs) I only know that one story. Didn't she have a bunch of kids or something? That sounds like a yeah. fa- a failed welfare state or something. I don't know. <laughs> She's a single mom. She'll only she can only live in a shoe. Here's like our yeah. special documentary about
1: her. The leprechauns are like Robin Hood. They're <laughs> stealing shoes from the wealthy and then giving the shoes to the poor <laughs> as houses. Yeah, they're just socialists
0: trying to give to <laughs> <laughs> give to uh, the poor single moms make sure that they're them and their kids have somewhere to live you know <laughs> leprechauns are also really good information brokers so if you find yourself in the fairy world if you come across a leprechaun you can press them from for information if you like to barter with them they like gold and ale which same i too <laughs> like gold and ale so maybe I have actually I was gonna say I think you are a leprechaun (laughs) just outing myself here (laughs) you unzip your skin suit (laughs) guess what here's my beard (laughs) next on my list is elves so according to mythology there are light elves and dark elves and that mainly comes from nordic mythology and icelandic as well and I feel like those are the places that you associate with elves right for sure
1: I was gonna say do you think santa's elves are light elves or dark elves and does this refer um, to like the kind of meat that they are? <laughs> oh that went really dark. They're like a turkey. <laughs> the dark meat. I might be a I might be a dark elf.
0: <laughs> they seem to Santa's elves I would say gonna be controversial here. I'm gonna say that maybe they're dark elves, but they're just trying to uh get in good with Santa so they can get some good shit.
1: Oh, you think maybe they're like mm-hmm. pocket stuff? Yeah. They'll be building things and then they're like, swoop, this is for me.
0: Out of all the types of fairies, elves are the closest to humans in size and stature. So that would be like our Lord of the Rings sort of understanding of elves. Um, As the mythology has matured over time, uh, they are known to have high cheekbones, angular features, mesmerizing eyes, pointed ears. So I I am an elf. You are an elf, yeah. You and Orlando Bloom. Are just <laughs> absolutely, and Kate Blanchett. You're yeah, all just like, especially, especially my pointed ears. Your pointed ears. Yeah. I wonder is it because because they're the closest to humans, so it's easiest for humans to play them, but also it's better for a story because humans can better like be mistaken for elves or elves be mistaken for humans. You know.
1: Yeah, they could interact and not
0: realize that they're interacting mm-hmm. with an elf. Also, so could be cross... like me and
1: just. Always have your hair over your pointy ears.
0: (laughs) So, I'm sorry, but out of these, you're the elf and I'm a leprechaun. Okay. (laughs) I got the raw deal here. I'm a little old man who fixes shoes and likes beer. And you're like the beautiful, tall, statuesque elf. Okay. Okay. You're also Irish and my family's
1: from Scandinavia, so. (laughs) Okay. Oh, so you can be a dwarf now? I'll take
0: gnome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I know. Now it's fine. We've decided you're an elf. As I said, they show up in Icelandic folklore, and there are actually caves in Iceland that are still protected by the government. Wow. Because three quarters of the residents believed, when they were uh, polled, believed that elves resided in the area. That's amazing. So there's a, a really strong belief still in Iceland that elves are real. And I mean, if they're going to be anywhere, it's going to be Iceland. For sure. It That just makes me so
1: bummed out that there's no sort of like magical beliefs where I live. There's just gun violence. (laughs) Raccoons. raccoons.
0: (laughs) We had a nighttime visitor. (laughs) He went through the trash. and Mysterious bird wings in my house. (laughs) So elves are the types of fairies that are, we had pixies who like live in the forest, but they, the elves are the protectors and caretakers of the forest. Okay. And they're usually tied to the specific forest that they live in. These Must be like different to the ones that are in Iceland because those ones are living in caves. Maybe you have cave elves and forest elves. (laughs) I suppose just like Lord of the Rings, there's people that are all over the place, you know. Just like real life. (laughs) Just like real life. And it's like all the people that are freaking out over that new TV show because, oh my God, there's a black elf in it. Like, yeah, you can believe that there's elves and flying like dragons and stuff, but like you make one of them black and that's the most difficult thing for you to to grasp. (laughs) Is this a real thing? Yeah, there's a new Lord of the Rings TV show on Amazon Prime. And they released a trailer and a bunch of like keyboard warriors were freaking out because one of, like I think two of the elves in the trailer are black, like played by black actors. God forbid. (laughs) It's
1: just like. It's like you're going to have a human play an elf anyway. Why does it matter what their skin color is? Oh my God. Yeah.
0: Also, I'm pretty sure like. If it's the actor I'm thinking of, I'm pretty sure he's like a black guy with like really piercing blue eyes. So he kind of looks like an elf anyway. Like he looks like really otherworldly. He's just a tan elf. (laughs) Yeah. So elves are really smart and agile and skilled. Usually whatever human can do, an elf can do better. And they have keener perceptions than humans. So their senses are heightened. And there's a theory that they use those senses to escape human detection and avoid technology. It's
1: like you're reading my horoscope. It's why your why uh, your laptop only works
0: sometimes. Because you're like, <laughs> oh no, it's my elf. Elf senses.
1: <laughs> if you'd ask my husband, I'm definitely an elf because I see and hear things and smell things before he ever does.
0: <laughs> That's also called being a woman because you're like, something has gone off in here. Something is wrong. And they're like, no, there isn't. Well, definitely. Yeah. Those litter boxes need changing. Ah, oh, they're fine. No. They really do. <laughs> no. <laughs> my eyes are burning. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> I can't live like... Are you familiar with cobalts? Uh, no. Also, they can also be called cobalts. Like the color? Like cobalt blue? hmm They are a type of fae who live in mines. There is an amazing episode of one of like my favorite podcasts, and I think one of your favorite podcasts, Lore. Yeah. Who, like, I could say we could probably credit them in every, nearly every episode of this. Lore have a really good episode on cobalts um if i i'll send it to you later if i can find like the name of it okay but cobalt blue and the connection to that came from like where they were mining in germany when the original like legend came about um because they were mining for cobalt so there was there's never actually been many sightings of cobalt so it's hard to know what they look like but they generally only interact with miners they can be two different things. They can be. Do you think i would say, like like children? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Literally, just when you started laughing, I was like, I can see what that means. They're, that sounds like they're just yeah. pedophiles. Yeah, they're just like small men who only interact with minors. It's like we've all <laughs> met one of those. Uh, we laugh because it's gross.
1: <laughs> we laugh because we'd cry otherwise. We all know that guy.
0: <laughs> they're kind of a part of like minor lore uh miner is in coal miner lower <laughs> m-i-n-e-r <laughs> when you're that far down in the ground uh when it's so dark i'm sure there's like certain things that you can't explain certain things you might see in the darkness they're known as troublemakers uh they can undo some of the progress of the mine you know like mess with their tools and stuff like that but they're not so malicious um, because there have been stories of the cobalts warning miners that there is danger ahead or that there is going to be a cave-in or something they like that. They sound like they
1: might be environmentalists. It sounds like, hey, get away from our land.
0: What are you doing? No more fossil fuels. Right. <laughs> have you thought about wind? Do you know nuclear is very clean energy? Greta Thunberg is like a cobalt in disguise.
1: God, that'd be so funny. <laughs> I've, I'm starting to think that it's like, we really do live amongst the fairies and elves
0: and all of these people just disguised as humans they've just evolved like over time to become humans i think so that is the kobolds there's the story in the episode of lore is about some miners who got trapped underground and they reckon that they were helped by kobolds so it's it's really cool so that's in germany there is one that i hadn't heard of called devas De- d-e-v-a i haven't heard, heard of, heard of people either. called deva but i've these but when i say it you'll know what i mean they're small fairies that look like fireflies Okay. Like, tiny little ones.
1: Yeah, like, I've seen it in illustrations from children's books and things like
0: that. To me, they sound like Willow the Wisps. Oh, okay. You know, like, that appear over bogs and stuff. Yeah. If you live in a woodsy area, you've probably seen Davis without even knowing it. They originated in Persia and Greece. They're little orbs of light in nature, but they're found in the woods. They love being around well-cared-for plants. Throwing back to our very first episode, they're known to guide medical researchers or witches seeking to use plants for their medicinal qualities. But if you have a plant that is dying, a deva won't stay near it because they will not stay near a plant that is in decay. Oh, interesting.
1: They got, like, Something against it. They don't really like
0: helping people or I'm wondering is it like maybe the death of the plant, they don't want to they don't want it near them or they don't want to be infected by them. They don't want to catch it. Or maybe their life life force is tied to the plant. Yeah. You know? Interesting. So if the plant dies, they die. Yeah. Another type of tree or plant fairy is a dryad or a nymph, which is also a name that I get called a lot when people don't know how to pronounce my name. <laughs> <laughs> The amount of times that somebody has read my name and be like, a nymph. And I'm like, where's the PH in that? Now that we
1: actually, like, talk to each other, I yeah. pronounce your name properly, but before I was always like, "Niam." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you're getting used to actually, like, saying it out loud. Because
1: now I'm saying it more than I'm reading it.
0: <laughs> See? It clicks eventually. <laughs> Someday. So nymphs are tree fairies. They're not the actual spirit of a tree, but they're a type of fae. But if the tree dies, the nymph will die as well. You can tell if there is a dryad or a nymph helping your tree to grow because... It'll have a knot in the bark that looks like it's got an eye in it. So if you come across a tree like that, you know that it's protected and you know you shouldn't be fucking with it.
1: There's actually a tree right outside my bedroom window and it has this big spot
0: that looks like an eye. You need to put, put, a, put a picture of that on in our Instagram. <laughs> I should. <laughs> After this episode.
1: When we put it up in two weeks, three weeks. Oh my
0: god, we record way early. Yeah, we Sorry, do. Sorry, that's wild. Cuz we're like 2 weeks out, but it's it's helping us get time to edit cuz I actually haven't edited the last episode yet, so. Oh. <laughs> I'll get it done before Wednesday. <laughs> so the tree that is guarded can also apart from having the face or the eye on it, it can just feel special or different. You can get like a feeling about it when you're near. The colors on it will be a little bit more vibrant because it's being cared for. The tree
1: that's outside my window, it's really, really old. Our house was built like almost 150 years ago. And I think this tree is probably almost as old as the house. Wow. But so it's got this eye on it. And it's also (laughs) our neighbors eat junk food like all the time. And then the squirrels dig through their garbage And I frequently see a squirrel sitting in this tree eating like a piece of pizza or like a chicken wing or something.
0: Okay, maybe that squirrel is a nymph. Maybe it's just like (laughs) hanging out going, yeah, this is some good chicken, man. A garbage nymph. (laughs) Hey, they have to evolve with the cities like you. This is a city
1: nymph. (laughs) That's too funny.
0: It says that if uh, the special tree becomes sick, you should do everything in your power to save it instead of cutting it down because if you do cut it down, the nymph or the dryad will die or move on and you won't be able to grow anything in that spot again until more fairies come. my goodness. Yeah. So you have a huge responsibility now.
1: I do. It's also really <laughs> scary because it's super old and it has this huge branch that like arches over the top of our house. Oh no. And it's one of those things where it's like, Every time a big storm blows through, it's like, is this thing going to
0: crush our house? (laughs) Yeah, but you can't do anything with it because it'll ruin your life. (laughs) No pressure. No pressure at all. (laughs) (laughs) Trolls. Yes. Not the internet kind. So trolls are monsters in North mythology. They turn to stone or they blow up on exposure to sunlight. They reside in caves, mountains, or dense forests.
1: Have have you seen the episode of what we do in the shadows with
0: the troll? Yes. Oh my god, I completely forgot about that. Where
1: it's like an internet troll, but it's also a real troll.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like how they've moved how they've like evolved over time. They're just on the internet now, like <laughs>
1: Yeah. And then he like freezes in the sun. And then he's like got the big like stone penis.
0: <laughs> yeah. How is that show even real? My god.
1: I also feel like if we ever have, like, a bingo card
0: for our show, it would be, like, mentions what we do in the shadows. (laughs) Hey, it's a good show. If we get more people watching it, even better. (laughs) So they're often depicted guarding passages across waterways, such as bridges or shallow crossings, and demanding a riddle or poetry or some sort of, like, game of wits so that you, you can get across. Gnomes, on the other hand... They're sort of synonymous with the seven dwarves. Like when we see gnomes being like depicted, they're usually they usually look like the dwarves from like Disney's like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. But you were able to tell us about like gnomes in Scandinavian folklore. So the dwarves in that movie are an amalgamation of like loads of different little things. Like they're a little bit like the cobalts, um, because they're little small miner men. Right, miner <laughs> men.
1: <laughs> they are coal mining.
0: Tiny men. <laughs> gnomes do enjoy vegetable gardens and they're very practical. They love to see humans growing their own fruits and vegetables. And if they do come across humans growing fruits and vegetables like within their territory, they'll bless them with a bountiful harvest. So they're so they're Capricorns. Yes. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> There's also like this thing, it's mostly in like England where people put little ceramic gnomes in their gardens.
1: Yeah, they do that here too. Yeah, what the fuck?
0: you hating on gnomes um no <laughs> officially no but also what the fuck <laughs> like there's always like one fishing like why
1: yeah fishing in no water whatsoever Or like
0: one with its trousers down for no reason
1: <laughs> yeah i don't like that i like the cute ones or like there is one funny one i think you can even just google sexy gnome <laughs> and he's like laying on his side in like a sexy pose.
0: I feel like I've seen that. I've definitely yeah, seen that. It's pretty funny. Um, if you have a good, good relationship with gnomes, you have good intuition when it comes to growing plants indoors or outdoors. So I thought we'd pause for a quick trope check. So we'd, <laughs> a trope check. So all of the tropes that we hear coming up <laughs> again and again in folklore. So very like generally for fairies. They're usually immortal. They will usually have some sort of abnormal skin tone. They'll be blue, like brown as in brownies, not as in brown people. Um, <laughs> green, pink, or golden. They can be inhumanly beautiful or inhumanly ugly. They'll have like animal features, like insect antennae or wings. They can be mischievous, play tricks. But their attitude can change from happy to friendly to ferocious without warning if you've somehow offended them. They like to barter, they like to take offerings and gifts, but often they will, if they give you a gift, it's something that doesn't really have much value in our world, or else it will disappear.
1: And isn't it, if they offer you a gift, aren't you supposed to not accept it?
0: Yeah, if you're in their realm, and they offer you food or drink. It's a little bit like Greek mythology. Um... Like, if you are in the underworld, if they offer you food or drink, you're not supposed to accept it, because then you'll be bound to stay there. Yeah. They also love partying and drinking, and then the fairy forts that we're going to talk about in a minute is where they carry out their dances and celebrations, Um, which is why you should also treat it with reverence, because they love their fairy forts. But... In Mm -hmm. Irish, like, fae mythology, it's the portal to their realm. That's, like, when you go to their forts. So that's why you should be very careful around them and try not to fall asleep in one, because that's what happens to people. Because time doesn't work the same in the fairy world. It's usually, like, a place that's really beautiful. You have to travel there, like, Somehow, either like being escorted by a fairy, or people will like stumble into a cave or a fairy fort or something like that. Fairy's like, Don't worry, I'll send you a car. Yeah. (laughs) In Dungeons and Dragons, it's called the Feywild. It's a strange world that has a tendency to defy any conventional understanding of logic or reason, and it's rooted in chaotic magic. There are also pockets of the fairy realm within our world. This is outside of Dungeons and Dragons. This is just like general mythology. But they are cloaked using fairy magic. So it'll be like a, like a magical tree or a magical fort or something like that. But like you have to know what you're looking for before you can actually see it. And what I'm going to get into next is the Irish fairy world, which is called Chirna um, uh, which means land of eternal youth. Chir means land and okay. Nog is youth or, youth or young or... Minor. <laughs> Minor. <laughs> <laughs> And just get into, like, the basic concept of fairies from, like, Irish mythology. As legend would have it... Now, these are legends that were written, apparently, thousand, thousands of years after they happened. But it's, like, written word that came from spoken word, like, the spoken oral tradition. So I'm sure there's been a lot of creative license. <laughs> things, things that have
1: happened. Oh my god, you can edit this out, but Medardo's outside and he's cutting a bush down. And it's, like... <gasps> no. it does, It's not... Oh my god, no, oh god. It's not appearing on my audio, but I just keep hearing this like,
0: gunk, gunk, and I'm like, bruh. The fae in Irish mythology are generally generally known as the Tuha de Danann, which means the people of Danu, which are like des- descendants from the goddess Danu. There's not a lot known about her, but there's a lot known about her descendants. Taking it way back, um, there is part of Irish mythology known as the Book of Invasions. Ireland was ruled by a race of people called the Fir Bullock, which <laughs> kind of means bag men. <laughs> <Bullog> <laughs> means bag. Well, it's like old Middle Irish. It's actually Irish for kind of stomach now, isn't it? It's like old Irish for bag. They used to carry heavy bags filled with stone. Interesting. Because they were enslaved by the Greeks. Oh, no. The pesky Greeks. <laughs> They were enslaved by the Greeks, but they made their escape to Ireland where they ruled for 36 years. By which point the Tuha de Danon came to Ireland on flying ships surrounded by dark clouds that engulfed them. That sounds cool. They landed on a mountain in County Leitrim where they brought with them darkness that suppressed the light of the sun for three whole days. And then when they finally emerged, they were tall gods and goddesses with blonde or red hair, blue or green eyes and pale skin. I've seen them also depicted as having golden skin or like being called the golden ones. So this is this Um. is actually who you are. (laughs) Well, funny you should say that. (laughs) Another person um, who is known is Neve Kinnor, and it's where my name comes from um so th- she is the neve that bitch the neve in irish mythology <laughs> um so she's always depicted on like a horse sometimes it's a flying horse which i'll take that flying horses are cool pretty cool um it can travel over water so she came from the other world and she met a boy called oisin which side note i once had a A guy in a smoking area of a nightclub tried and chat me up because my name is not even his name was Oshin. And he said we were meant to be. That was it? He's like, well, my name's Oshin. He's like, you know that myth? And I was like, yeah, but he died. Anyway, spoiler alert.
1: (laughs) Are you admitting to a murder? (laughs) So Oshin, she just totally (laughs) (laughs) did not answer that question. Okay,
0: hear me out, right? (laughs) Hey, she tried to warn him, right? Oisin was the son of like another huge like uh, figure in Irish mythology, Finn McCool. But it's actually C-U-A-M-H-A-I-L-L. That's McCool. Oh, okay. Yeah, people anglicize it as McCool. <laughs> so she came to um, our land from Cherninog on her magical horse that could travel over water. She meets Oisin, who is the son of this legendary Finn McCool who was the leader of the most famous warrior tribe in Irish mythology called the Féine. Um So she enticed Oisin to come back to Churninogue with her. So he did. He's like, she's gorgeous. She is Neve Kinnor. She's Neve of the golden hair. He's like, this hot blonde on a horse. <laughs> wants me to come live with her. <laughs> I'm gonna go do it. So he goes and lives with her and absolutely loves it there. Lives there for about three years and then eventually gets homesick. So he talks to Neve about it and she's like Okay, you can go back. You can take the horse, but you can't touch the ground. Like, don't let your feet touch the ground. Which is a bit impractical. Like, what's he supposed to do? Sit in the horse the entire time? And they're having dinner. Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Pass me up there the potatoes, like. <laughs> and his butt would be really sore because I'm sure like it wasn't a very comfortable saddle in those days. Anyway, so when Ushin goes back, he unfortunately finds that he wasn't in Chernobyl for 3 years he was there for 300 years oh no and everybody he knows and loves has died so in shock he falls off the horse <laughs> he instantly ages he dies of old age wow but i mean she warned him not to get off the ho- get off that horse yeah this is just another example of not listening to your girlfriend okay when she knows best yeah. <laughs> is it murder <laughs> is it really emily i don't think it is oh my god i think she told him exactly it's his fault
1: i also was expecting his demise to be like he fell off the horse and like into a cavern or something
0: <laughs> off a cliff <laughs> oh i'm gonna i'm gonna talk through some of the members of the two so as i said danu was the most ancient she was like the who they all descended from and it also can be interpreted that Danu is just the earth. Okay. She just represents the earth. Um. So like they came from the earth.
1: So she is she kind of like the mythology of like... Mother nature? Yeah, like mother nature or Gaia or whatever.
0: Mm. Seems to be. There are also... There's two mountains. I can't remember where they are. Their literal translation is the breasts of Danu. Because from, oh. <laughs> from, from certain angles, it just looks like a pair of boobs.
1: I could definitely <laughs> see some bro types having a nice photo op over there.
0: Definitely. <laughs> the most famous member of the Tuatha Danann is Nuada Argidlav, also called Nuada Argidlav. Argit is silver and lav is hand. So he's Nuada of the silver hand. Okay. He was there, the first king of the Tuatha Danann, but he's best known for the battle where he lost his hand and then he lost his kingship, which is kind of ableist, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he actually regained his his rule because he was magically healed by Jane Kecht. Who was the god of the hunt and the god of healing? So Jane Kecht was the son of the Dagda, who was another member of the Tuatha Danann. So he healed everybody. The Dagda was a large giant with a beard, owns a club, which I mean, like a, <laughs> a
1: swingy club. He didn't not, not a nightclub. Yeah,
0: he's not <laughs> like just some guy with a goatee <laughs> and a shirt that's open way too low. Oh my god, hairy chest <laughs> with some gold <laughs> chains. Dagdo was actually a druid and he was a king that had the power to control everything from the weather to time. And apparently his So he's a fancy yeah, boy. He's he's a major boy. He had all <laughs> he had all of the all of the cool shit. Apparently his home was Newgrange, which is the megalithic tomb that I mentioned to you. Before I don't think we mentioned it on Mike, but it is the place that during the winter solstice, the lights when it catches a certain part, it it oh, lights up yeah. the entire antechamber, and there's like a lottery to get into witness it every year. But um, yeah, that was meant to have been Dagda's home, the site of Newgrange. Okay. So have you ever heard of the Morrigan? No. The Morrigan was Dagda's wife, or reported to be Dagda's wife, but she is one cool bitch. Okay. <laughs> she is the goddess of war and death. She is a shapeshifter and her most favoured shape that she shifted into was a crow or a flock of crows.
1: That's amazing. So
0: she's just goth as fuck. Like, she's... (laughs) (laughs) she's us (laughs) yeah she's just she's so cool Uh, she was one of the three war goddesses uh, in Irish mythology her sisters were Macha and Neman the Morrigan was able to depict or to predict the death of warriors in battle and she kind of used it to her advantage because she would influence the outcome of a war like she would be like oh I know so and so is gonna die and they're like oh fuck she said he's gonna die so we're gonna lose
1: (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) she's tricking everybody so she uh,
0: yeah she's pretty amazing She's manipulative. <laughs> yeah, so she would uh, turn into a, a crow and then fly over the heads of the soldiers that were assembling for war and her appearance depending on which side you're on would either terrify you or inspire you to fight for your life. Interesting. She's pretty damn cool. She's also associated with um, one of the major heroes of Irish mythology is a guy called Cú Chulainn, who's like a legendary warrior. He was defending the province of Ulster which is where I am from, like the province that my county is in from queen maeve who's also a huge uh, figure in irish mythology and her army uh so the morrigan met kukulan she's like lovely strapping lad there warrior i'll have a bit of that he's gorgeous <laughs> she tried to seduce him but he said no oh. even though she is she was reported to be unbelievably beautiful and she didn't take rejection well which is you know one thing you could work on there morrigan
1: She's like the Beyonce of her time. Yeah, she's like, how dare he not
0: fancy me. Now I'm going to (laughs) write an album called Lemonade. (laughs) Yeah, he was just her Jay-Z, you know. (laughs) So what she did is, instead of transforming into Crow for once, she transformed into an eel. And then she waited until he was uh, wading through a river to battle and she tripped him. (laughs) It's a wee bit petty, you know. It's a little less
1: intense than writing an entire album about him. Yeah,
0: so <laughs> she's an eagle. She trips him. He obviously doesn't realize that it's the morrigan. and He starts punching this eel. It hurts hurts the eel, but she then, like, in her pain, she transformed herself into a wolf. So this okay. is a throwback to our werewolf episode. She transformed herself into a wolf, and she used, like, the ferocity of being a wolf to scare some cows. And uh, she scared the cows into a stampede, Mufasa style. Oh. And uh, she drove them at Kukulin. <laughs> <laughs> so he was famous. His famous uh, weapon that he always used was a slingshot. Um, so he pulled out his slingshot and fired at the wolf, what he thought was a wolf, and got her right in the eye. And he actually temporarily blinded her. So then she transformed into a cow, <laughs> <laughs> riled up the others in the herd again for another stampede and stampeded towards Kukulin. He dodged the herd of cows. And he hit her with another stone and broke her leg. And then she finally... Sounds like a very slow and painful <laughs> death. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't doing very well. I mean, she's a goddess. like no. But clearly he was—he knew his stuff, you know? Yeah. And that forced her to accept defeat. The broken leg was a step too far. Coo went, he fought his battle, won his battle. And then he was on his way back to the base. And he met an elderly lady sat on a little stool milking a cow. Oh, who could this Uh-oh. innocent elderly lady be? <laughs> he did not notice that the elderly lady was blind in one eye and that she had an injured leg. It's Uh-oh. not the brightest at this moment. They're saying that it's because he was wary from battle. Sure.
1: Sounds just like a male characteristic. No offense.
0: so he stopped to speak to her she offered him a drink of milk Uh, after he finished his milk he thanked her like gave her his blessing or whatever because he was such a powerful warrior somehow him blessing her was able to cure her of all her injuries and he restored her to her full strength
1: Wow! so
0: after he healed her of all of her injuries she retreated and they didn't see each other for a while Okay. they did see each other one more time before he died Uh, he was on his way to another great battle when he came across a woman scrubbing battle armor that was covered in blood. Sexy. <laughs> well, <laughs> he was afraid. He saw this as a really bad omen to see on his way to battle. He didn't acknowledge her and he walked straight past her, which I'm sure kind of pissed her off a bit again. Yeah. But it was during this battle that he he was mortally wounded. And his, with his last bit of energy, he pulled himself over to a nearby boulder. And he, he tied himself to it with some rope so he could prop himself up and kind of not make it so obvious to his enemies that he wasn't able to stand on his own feet so he was trying to sh- frighten his en- enemies off to give his army a chance. It was said then that a crow landed on his shoulder and he took his last breath. Sneaky little yeah, bitch. She got him. Oh yeah. She was married to the Dagda. So she had a husband. Wow. But uh, she just... So unless unless they had discussed an open relationship... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so she's all fixated on this wee fancy man who's a really good warrior. <laughs> that was like the most Irish thing you've said. Well, true. Like, clearly she has a wee notion. <laughs> well, as they say in Donegal, a wee, a wee fancy man. Okay, I... When you have a crush on somebody, you have a notion of them. Okay. Like, when I was like a teenager, if there was somebody that like my mum thought I would have a crush on, I'd be like, do you have a wee notion of him? That's it's just the way they put it. Do you have a notion of her?
1: That's hilarious. Oh my goodness. The
0: two final, like, uh, members of the Tuha de This isn't all of the members, but these are kind of the main players. Other people would have heard of is Balor. So B-A-L-O-R. Balor was the chief of a demonic race called the Fomori. Okay. So they threatened the Irish people until they were subdued. In the second battle of Maitura. So the first battle of Maitura is where Nueda lost his hand. And the second battle was where the Fomori and the Danann. Balor was like kind of a scary dude. When he was a boy, he looked into a potion being brewed by his father's druids. Uh, the fumes caused him to grow a huge poisonous eye in the middle of his forehead. And it was said that anybody that his eye gazed upon, it would kill them instantly. That's really weird
1: that they word it as a poisonous eye. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I'm thinking maybe is that where, like, the inspiration for the Eye of Sauron came from? Like, it's kind of like this all-seeing eye of death.
1: It's just funny to me because I feel like if something's poisonous, you have to, um like, ingest it or touch it yeah. for it to yeah. do anything, but for
0: it to look at you. Yeah, so was it, like, <laughs> almost like laser vision or something? It was like, right. you break out in sores when he looks at you or something yeah. like
1: that? I feel like it would make more sense to call it, like,
0: a cursed eye. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So Balor actually had a really famous grandson called Lou, L-U-G-H, not (laughs) L-O-U, just sounds like somebody who owns a car dealership. (laughs) Your local mechanic. So Lou was a bit of a golden boy. He was a master of craft and battle, and he had a number of magical tools in his possession, like a fiery spear and a sling stone. I also, for some reason in my head, that he was, like, the god of light. So he's just this, he was supposed to be, like, really beautiful. And he had a dog called Phelanus, um, who was, like, his, like, special, like, hound dog that used to help him in battle. So Lu was the grandson of Balor because of the marriage of the god Cian, which is also a really common name in Ireland. So Cian married Balor's daughter and they produced Lou and then Lu... Became a member of the Two of and even though his grandfather was one of the Formori, who are like the demonic race, even though Balor was supposed to have been really, really beautiful and like yeah. had like striking beauty, but the rest of his race are supposed to be. I've seen them depicted as almost like reptilian. Oh, interesting. Like and like a representation of like proper darkness. Yeah, isn't sorry. Isn't there a
1: holiday based around Lu? Lunasa. Maybe.
0: Yeah. So Lunasa is like. Uh, harvest. Yeah, isn't it like right
1: around this time of the year?
0: Lunasa is August. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. the Irish word. <laughs> it's the Irish word for August. So it's Anur Fiarum Marta Abrin Bultina Mehiv Ul, Lunasa Manfor Nulug. Yeah. So that's that's the twelve months of the year. Oh, Wow. That's so cool. yeah, Lunasa is August. Um, but they're they're kind of weird. Like it's kind of like our our own months. Like the way that it's October. Is actually the 10th month, even though Oct is 8, like OCT. Octopus. I never thought
1: about that before.
0: <laughs> it's something to do with like whatever way the Romans like reformulated the cal- the calendar or something like that.
1: Wow. Blowing my mind right now because <laughs> never thought about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, you and I were born in Anar. E-A-N-A-I-R. That's January. So uh, Lou, the grandson, actually killed Balor once and for all at the second battle of my um so he is responsible for beating the chaotic demonic race of Formori and leading the two into victory. They were kind of known as like the the rulers of Ireland until their downfall, um, when the Milesians uh, arrived on Irish shores. Now there's speculation that the Milesians they're supposed to have come from what is now northern Portugal, and there's speculation that these are the Celts. Okay. So when the Milesians arrived, they were met by three goddesses of the Tuatha de Danan, Eru, who Aaron, Irish Ireland is named after, Banba and Fodla. The Milesians were the eventual downfall of the Tuatha de Danan. They fought a battle against them and they eventually drove them underground. But the Tua de Danan weren't completely powerless. They used the what remained of their innate magic to become the She. So they became the fairies that we know and that we have covered in this podcast. Where does this all tie in with like modern Ireland? Um, So obviously like stories of the Tuat de Danon, it's like everywhere, every heritage site in Ireland is like protected or, you know, museums are named after them or different like members of the Tuat de Danon from the oral stories passed down through generations. It's also, there's references to St. Bridget who eventually became like a Catholic saint. But I mean, originally she was a goddess who was very... Feminist, pro-abortion helped women or any female forward isn't there
1: a holiday for her as yeah. well
0: the first of february in ireland is a national holiday well do we get yeah. the- no we don't get the day off it's just like a they don't day.
1: care because she supports abortion yeah.
0: there's always like a strong belief in fairies uh in ireland there still are like i've covered it before about like people not wanting or trying to sell their house because they think like gardens inhabited by yeah. fairies um, the fairies they're after me <laughs> I have to sell this house and pass on the problem. <laughs> um, a friend of mine said as well that she had like a great aunt who swears up and down that she saw fairies running through her house in the 1940s. Um, it was believed that the fairies caused the Great Famine because they thought that they had somehow angered the fairies and it was the fairies that were putting the blight on the potatoes and that's why the potato crop was failing. They thought that Thunder and Lightning was fairies battling in the sky we have a, a traditional game in Ireland called hurling, which is kind of like field hockey, but it's like really fast. It's actually the fastest game in the world. You know, you're hitting the, the balls called, it looks like a baseball, it's called a schlitter. When you're hitting the schlitter, yeah. it can make a really, lar- a really loud sound. So that's what they were saying was the thunder was fairies playing hurling in that's this game. That's
1: so cool. I also like, I don't know if you ever saw the movie. It was like a Disney Channel movie. It was called The Luck of the Irish. <laughs>
0: No. I feel like I would cringe start to finish. I feel yeah. like
1: now I feel like you need to watch it because <laughs> they talk about, yeah, like the different like sports and stuff like that. Okay. He's like slow, this like teenager is like coming of age and like slowly turning into a leprechaun. <laughs> oh my
0: God. What is with leprechaun movies? There's one as well that like, have you ever heard? It's well known here, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. No, I have never heard of that. So it's like an American movie, like based off like Irish mythology. There is a banshee in that. <laughs> there's leprechauns and all in it, like, but there's a banshee in it that has collectively traumatized a generation of Irish children. It's like, oh it's no. Always played on TV, and she is terrifying. She is oh so scary. So I'll find the scene on YouTube and send it to you because I was
1: going to say you have to send me that the name of that movie and then you have to watch the look of the
0: Irish. (laughs) Okay. So even up to the present day, there have actually been like motorways and planning permission like revoked or changed or blocked because uh, it's passing through a ferry fort or a ferry site. In 1992, there was a businessman called Sean Quinn. He lost his multi-billion euro fortune and it was believed it was because he fell prey to a pishog which is a fairy curse, uh, because he gave the go-ahead for a 4,000-year-old megalithic burial tomb to be relocated to make a way for a quarry. (laughs) And he lost all of his money. I love it. That is fairies, fairy folk to a didanon, and that is a very general overview of it. Right. So Emily, did you learn about fairies?
1: I did learn about fairies. There's a lot of stuff that I (laughs) didn't know and wasn't expecting, and pleasantly surprised. I don't know. I was excited to learn no matter what, but I feel like I learned a lot more uh, cool stuff than I thought I was going to. Well,
0: at least you know you you can't go cutting down that tree in your back garden, and if your husband is hacking away at a bush there, (laughs) you might want to go and stop him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's really weird because our house, like I said, it's it was built a million years ago, but. Overall, it doesn't feel like it's haunted, but, like, every once in a while, like, the energy in the house feels weird. And, like, one time my dog, she was, like, acting very strange and, like, looking in the air vent and then, like, looking at the basement door and she was, like, cowering. Which is very (sighs) unlike her. She's never done that before, never done it after. And I was like, can you not do this? (laughs) I know. And so I like, so I like called my husband and I had a knife in my hand. And I was like, I'm staying on the phone with you. I have a knife. Something might be in the basement. So if you hear screams, just like call (laughs) 911.
0: Who knows what we're attracting by doing this podcast? Okay. So yeah, we're we're definitely going to cover hauntings in a future episode if anybody has any requests that they want us to cover. Or stories that they want to share. Yeah, stories they want to share. If you want to send us voice clips, if you want to email us stories, give us something to read out, we're really happy yeah. to do that. Um, we'll definitely be doing some follow-up like listener story episodes when, I was going to say when we run out of stuff to cover, but we're not going to run out of stuff to cover for a while, but you know, we need a break.
1: I know. When we first started this, I was like, oh man, I don't feel like there's going to be enough. And then I don't know if you've looked at that list of things to do yet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It
0: just keeps growing and I'm like, I think we're good. Yeah. So we have plenty and there's definitely going to be more, some more fairy stuff coming and I'm going to delve into some of the more specific things and we're going to talk about fairy vulnerabilities and different ways that you can protect yourself against them if you happen to find yourself up against some fairies.
1: (laughs) fairy vulnerabilities i love yeah. it if you want to email us your stories it's rowan and a and d pine pod at gmail.com um if you want to find us on instagram it's just rowan and pine again the and is also spelled out um so yeah you can just message us or email us or scream at us you know do whatever you want to share your haunting stories
0: find us on facebook and on tiktok if you just search for rowan and pine i think tiktok is rowan pine pod facebook is rowan and pine podcast um so if those are your social media of choice you can use those to keep up with us and see when new episodes are coming out we will usually let you guys know when we're recording as well so we're usually like we record one week and then we release an episode and then we record. So usually our episodes come about two weeks after we actually record them. So that's why it'll sometimes it's a, a bit of a throwback when you listen to us talking.
1: <laughs> right. Like, I think we've done a pretty good job of not talking about anything uh, in relation to current events. But <laughs> no. Yeah. But, but it's yeah. just really funny because when the episode actually comes out, I'm like, oh, I forgot about this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I forgot I said that. Yeah, so yeah, it's good. It gives me a chance to edit and um, really try and perfect what we need to say and what's what works and what doesn't. Thanks
1: for joining us to learn about fairies. Thanks for listening and fuck yeah folklore. Fuck yeah folklore. My name is Emily and my name is and Lynn. this was Rowan and Pine. Bye. Bye.